Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Hello, friends. How are you? So I've been thinking about uh, the 401k, right, the 401k plans and real estate investing ever since I, uh, I finished Everyday Millionaire from Chris Hogan and obviously my book, uh, One Rental at a Time. So it's really been bugging me, kind of comparing and contrasting you know, which is better, the, the 401k or, or real estate investing. And by better, I mean, you know, which one provides a, you know, a more sure or more steady path or maybe quicker path to a better retirement. So I thought what I'd do is I, I went ahead and created a list of 10 variables. And I thought we would just talk about them, uh, at least for my opinion, and then actually ask you to tell me what you think. Right. So, you know, I'll sort of set the, set the outline of the 401k and real estate investing, give you my thoughts, but hopefully this turns into a community conversation. I'd love to hear from you, what you think. Uh, you know, maybe I missed, you know, an 11th or 12th or 13th variable. Uh, I'd love you to put that in the comments below and let's see if we can't get this, this idea of comparing the 401k with real estate investing to get some wheels and, and really see what people think out there. So I have my list of 10. We'll go through them. Uh, I tried to be, fair, uh, but you know, we'll see. So the first one I have is uh, ease of contribution, right? Uh, and I think this one goes squarely in the camp of better for the 401k, right? Um, it's automatic, sort of pay yourself first. Uh, it it uh, is done in a way um, that that's easy. Uh, and actually, before we go any further, let me set up the sort of criteria for this. Okay, sorry about that. So first, the 401k. We're going to assume uh, you can do maximum contribution, whatever that is for you. Uh, and we're going to assume your company matches um, either all of it or a significant portion. So that's the 401k. Uh, also, you have you know, a list of you know, stocks and mutual funds, or I'm sorry, mutual funds that you can, uh, you can contribute to that's fixed, uh, as they all are. And then real estate investing. We're going to do what I did in the book, One Rental at a Time, conservatively finance, buy and hold for the long term. This is, it's too hard with real estate to talk about flipping or wholesaling or any of those things because those really aren't retirement related entities, right? Those are jobs. Those are income. Those are active income versus passive. So we're going to do buy and hold long term, conservatively finance, think decades, all of that. So that's how we're going to compare. Okay. So again, uh, number one was ease of contribution clearly in the camp of the 401k. You don't really feel it, at least uh, in this model. Um, you set it up once, you know, it just rolls through. You don't have to think about it again. Where with the real estate investing, you know, it doesn't, it's not, it's not easy, right? So certainly you could save money in some 
third, fourth, fifth account that ultimately becomes that, but it's, um, it's just not as clean. It's not easy. It's after tax dollars instead of pre-tax dollars. Um, you know, the, the easy contribution is clearly in the camp of the 401k. Um, access to funds. Interesting, right? The whole notion of the 401k is it's, you know, sort of today's dollars for future good. Um, in future good, I think it's 62 and a half, maybe 57. I don't know what it is, but basically later in life, you can access them. Uh, without implications, tax tax implications and penalties and all of that, right? If you're going to get it out early, uh, you'll certainly have penalties. Where if you own, buy, and hold conservatively financed long-term rentals, um, you can get to the cash. You have access to it. You know, at least the, you have access to equity um, that you can you can get after, right? You can take a loan. Uh, you can put a second. Uh, you could sell it. Right, you could improve it. Right, there's lots of ways you can get at the cash or that equity, which converts to cash in most cases. Um, far easier. Now, some people might say that's a downside. True, right? Part of the part of the beauty of the 401k is you can't get at it without significant penalty and hardship and all of that, which is what what the plan is designed for, which is pretty cool. Um, but real estate does offer you access to equity, and equity can convert to cash. Uh, if you need to. Um, so that's, you know, I'll call that even, right? So there's certainly more access to it with, with real estate, but uh, maybe that's a bad thing, right? So you can kind of neutralize it. Um, external match. This is one that was interesting, right? So we already talked earlier about the 401k, you know, having company match, which is awesome, right? I think, I think everyone if that's in a 401k should should contribute at least up to the company match. If the company match is 4%, guess what? I'd contribute 4%. If they, can, if they match all of it, I'd send it all in, right? Anytime you can guarantee 100% gain on something, seems like a no-brainer to me. Um, I, would, I would go after that all the way. But then when you talk about real estate investing, where's the external match? Well, I would tell you it comes in a couple forms. First off, you can buy into an asset with, bank mortgage, right? So you put 30% down, they put 70. So you own the asset, you get all the appreciation, all the tax benefits, all of that feels like external match to me, right? You can't borrow, um, you know, 70% of the purchase price to buy a mutual fund, right? That doesn't happen. Uh, in addition, the external matches, I was playing with this idea. You're essentially having somebody else pay off your mortgage, when you have long-term rentals, remember what we're doing here. It's long-term rentals, not active job stuff with flips or wholesaling. So if you have long-term rentals, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, I'd say you do have external match. The tenant is paying off your asset and the assets are protected by inflation and all of those good things. So, um, you know, I think they both have external matches. I think real estate, you can, you can borrow the, to buy the asset, which is cool. And also you have somebody else paying for your asset, which is really cool. <clears throat> choices. This one's interesting. You know, it sort of depends on how you look at choices. With the 401k, you are typically limited to the selection your company provides. Now, they're typically wide ranging, right? You know, international, uh, you know, technology, growth, you know, whatever, right? So there's there's a fair amount of choices. I would say most people, when they look at it, would like more, 
choices, but there are they are there. Um, but again, you are limited by what your company administrator and, and company choose. When you think about rental properties, again, the stuff we're talking about, you have far more choices, right? If you're investing in a stock or a mutual fund and it's really hot, right? And it's the only thing you could throw money in. You just know someday the party's going to end. Sorry. No, you can stay in cash, I guess. You could change your contribution just to go to cash, but you still got to contribute, right? That's part of the plan, part of the uh, um, ease of contribution we talked about earlier. But with real estate, you know, if, like we did in the book, right? If you if you haven't read the book, read the book. Um, we talked about a transition right around 2008 where our model for single family homes wasn't working. So we we pivoted and looked at small multifamilies, right? Five to 20 units. And, and you know, we found that they were cheaper um, than houses in many cases. So, um, you know, a lot more choices and flexibility. Not only that, but, you know, if your market gets ridiculously hot, and you know doesn't you don't have to stay there right you could choose a different market so with real estate investing right you get the flexibility to potentially pivot markets right so you know you've been investing in the bay area and suddenly the bay area is hot or miami or dc or whatever it is um, you do have some choices uh, so i would say you know uh, i think i think you know real estate kind of gets the win on that one um it's kind of the there's rules right you know, I don't really know how else to say that. Um, you know, there's contribution rules, right? So with 401k, right, there are limits, right? If you want to contribute more, well, wait till next tax year. Um, you can only put up to X amount. I don't know what it is today, 15 grand, 12, five, whatever it is. Maybe somebody here knows, put it below in the comments so others could see. And there's, I think there's a, there's one rule for under 50 and then another one for over 50, kind of the catch up things. But in, in the end, there, there is a cap. Where with real estate investing, if you get into a good market, right, you're pretty much limited by your creativity. If you want to put more, right, buy more assets, you want to do an exchange and buy, go bigger, um, there are no limits. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, you know, so, you know, the 401k does have limits and it kind of maxes you out. But again, uh, company match, you know, guaranteed gain, you know, ease of contribution. These are all things that are good for the 401k. And again, real estate doesn't have that limit. You're limited by your creativity, which is really cool. So I call the next one kind of yearly management. This is one in the 401k that not many people do. I know I didn't when I contributed, right? I kind of selected it at day one in like seven seconds when I was like, oh, I'm young. I want growth or I want high this or high that, high risk. Um, and then I got older and I never bothered changing it, which was, you know, it's clearly a mistake of mine. I own that. Um, but I would say that lots of people fall in that camp. So first off, if you're in a 401k and it's been a decade since you looked at it, uh, you're a little bit older now. <laughs> you might want to go back in and change some of those contributions or, or mix them up a little bit. Uh, and not contributions, sorry, but which funds you're in because you're older, right? Be less risk, risk, risk averse, be more risk averse. Yeah. Um, so I would say yearly management is easy with the 401k, but not done. Um, that said, with real estate, um, thinking about yearly management is kind of a joke because you're, you're doing something probably every month. Uh, and maybe in some areas, you know, weekly, you're having phone calls. So 
to think that you can get by with seven seconds of yearly management with real estate, not going to happen. Far, the 401k clearly wins here. Easy to do. Frankly, don't have to do it if you want to just roll with what you did last year. Real estate's going to consume more of your time. No question. Even if you do buy and hold long-term rentals, it's going to consume more of your time. So just realize, you know, the 401k crushes real estate here because it's just far easier. Uh, let's talk about extraction, right? You have to extract or what are the options, you know, just in case. So there's a couple ways here. So first off, we've already talked about the 401k. If you want to get at that money, it's hard. Um, there are penalties. You can borrow against it in most cases. Um, I've heard instances where um, you can't. I guess, I guess that's up to the plan administrator and how you do that. Uh, but I found it very easy to borrow against my 401k. I did that several times that I cover in my book uh, about um, how I use the 401k to buy a, a property a year, right? And so I would, I would borrow X amount of dollars. I would pay myself back in 12 months and then I would just do it again and do it again and do it again. Um, so I found that to be very easy to do, but you are limited, right? I think it was half of the portfolio size is what you could borrow against. Again, check with your administrator. That's something we did. And there's all kinds of rules, right? If you quit or you get fired, um, you have to pay it back or there's penalties. So there's, there's huge downsides, right? But just realize you can. Uh, but if you want to get out more than half, uh, you got to pay, I think, a, you know, it's income, right? First off, so full income tax plus a 10% penalty. So it's, it's pretty scary. The other thing on the 401k is there's a limit where you are forced to extract. I don't recall when that is. Maybe it's 62 and a half or 67 or whatever it is. Uh, but you have to start, you're being forced to withdraw, even if you don't need the money, right? You're being forced to take it out. Um, that's, I don't like rules like that. Uh, but again, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, you know, extraction of money from real estate is far easier, far more flexible. First off, you don't technically have to sell the asset to get the cash. If there is equity, you've owned it for decades and you want to ca do a cash out refi. In many cases, that's available to you. So you can get at the money. And the beauty of a loan, right, a cash out refi, is it's not taxable. I find that pretty interesting, right? So you can keep the asset that's appreciated that the tenant has helped you pay for, and you can get the cash out with no tax implications. So pretty cool. Again, check with your accountant, but I've never it never has been taxed for me. It's a loan, not a not income. Um, sort of a pivot on that one is the forced withdrawal. I wanted to kind of highlight that as another item right? The 401k. And I, I had a conversation with one of our subscribers, right? Via the comment section once in a past video. Um, and this is a real issue, right? If, even if you don't need the income at some age, you are forced to start withdrawing from the 401k. Um, there's no such rule in real estate, right? If you don't want to, you don't have to take equity. You don't have to convert to cash. You can go ahead and live your life to the fullest. And upon your death, which is not, never fun to talk about, but it's a rea reality for all of us, is that asset then transitions to your heirs. You should have a, you know, a structure put in place, a will, um, uh, all of those things to sort of outline who gets what, when, uh, but then they get, they get, you know, um, to level up the, the price and value and, and don't have as big a tax hit and all of those good things. So, um, you know, real estate's far more flexible on the exit and there is no force, you know, other than at your passing. Another one to sort of talk about is, you know, again, the 401k real estate investing, betting on 
you know, you're basically betting on the American economy or the economy around the world if you're watching this, right? Because uh, we're talking decades here, right? Do you think that the, you know, the national economy will be better in 10, 20, 30 years? I generally hope so, right? I hope you feel that way. I hope the glass is uh, half full where you are. And I can tell you that I think it's going to be better. Um, you know, I do think uh, that, you know, real estate market will have business cycles, right? If you talk 30 years, it'll have three recessions or more, right? So that'll happen. That will hurt if you happen to exit during a recession. Um, you know, I think real estate will have, you know, generally be slow, you know, on the uptick. Uh, I hope, you know, I hope to not live through one of those 08 crashes again, which really wasn't a real estate crash. It was a financing engineered crash. Uh, because we had too many forced sellers coming onto a market when lending disappeared. Uh, I hope we don't do that again. No signs of that yet uh, with lending that I've seen. Cause again, I'm in the market all the time. Everything seems to be really legit and you know, real down payments and all of that. Plus interest rates are cheap. But again, I think both are equally betting on a future uh, economy being, being better than it is today. And I think that's, that's a fair thing. Um, you know, so the last one I have here is, you know, timeline to be a millionaire. And this is the one that really, you know, when I was really reading this book, it talked about 40 years to being a millionaire, right? The average person got there when they were 49. And I'm thinking about this book going, I'm not 49 yet. And frankly, um, lots of people I interview on my channel are not 49 yet. And, um, I can't say this with certainty because I never asked. It's one of those private things you just don't ask. At least I don't ask. Uh, I think lots of them have crossed the millionaire path years ago. Um, you know, so I think when you do long-term buy and hold real estate, you buy them right. You just don't think about it. You don't over leverage. You, you don't, you do things we talk about in the book. Um, you know, I think you get to be a millionaire far faster than, than 40 years. I do think the 401k is probably more certain. Um, because just the math, right? The math works. You know, you contribute X amount of dollars for X amount of years at X amount of rate. And, um, you know, 40 years time, if that's what you want to do, congratulations. You, you should have a nest egg over seven figures. I don't like the idea of doing that for 40 years, frankly. Uh, I would far rather have a path that's 10 or 15 years. It's still rather certain, maybe not as certain. Uh, but you know, if you're doing conservative financing, you're in, you know, inflation is real, fixed rate debt, all of that stuff. I think it's far easier to become a millionaire, at least net worth wise, uh, by investing in, in buy and hold real estate. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. In the end, that's, that's what I think. Uh, I think the 401k um, probably is the right answer for more, most people, if we're honest with each other. Uh, I don't think most people want to do the work involved. Uh, with real estate investing. Uh, and if that's the case, no hard feelings, right? The 401k is there, put in there for a reason. Please use it. It's, it's a huge safety net for lots of Americans. So I would, um, I would definitely recommend using it. And again, I would, de I would definitely recommend up to the company match. It's something that I always did. Um, and I'm a huge real estate guy, but if the company wants to give me half, you know, a match, take it. Uh, but that's not how I exited the rat race, right? That's not how I retired financially free. The 401k would never get me there. At least, yeah, I don't think it would ever get me there. Uh, real estate did that, right? Cash flow, appreciation, the ability to 
find and create value, my options, choices. So in the end, um, our journey starting at 30 brought financial freedom at 45. If you haven't read this book, One Rental at a Time, it is just our journey. You need to order that on Amazon and see what's going on. In addition, if you want to understand what we did, um, I spent the last three months creating a course that documents those critical first steps that we did 15 years ago, how we learned the market we never been to, um, you know, how did we build a team? How do we look at deals? Uh, I'll go ahead and put a link in the description below uh, to the course. Um, again, I've created it for you. So, so take a look. Uh, and at the end, remember, we want to get a conversation going about 401ks and what is better. And if I missed any variables, do me a favor, leave a comment. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Um, also do me a favor and share this video with your friends who maybe are, um, you know, big 401k fans or whatnot. And let's try to bring the other side. Uh, I tried to be neutral. I, I really did. Uh, I obviously have a bias. Um, one got me there and, you know, one didn't. Um, but, uh, maybe I didn't give it time. It's okay. So at the end, I just wanted to share this with you. It's just been bothering me. I had to do a video because of those, those two books, one from Chris Hogan, Everyday Millionaires, kind of got in my head because um, I was comparing it to our story with one rental at a time. And um, I just had to get something down. All right, let me know what you think. Please share and uh, have a great day.